Greetings, and welcome to Etzheim's weekly podcast, recorded live in Richardson, Texas. We invite you now to join us for one of our synagogue's Shabbat messages. Okay, am I on? All right. I have a question. How many of you have memorized those scriptures? Any of them? How many are working on really memorizing them for real? Very, most, mostly, most of you are not, um, it looks like. Raise your hands again. Who are? No, no. Those who are memorizing them. Some. Well, you, you know, I think, when did we, uh, when did I give them to you? How many months ago? Two months ago. So, uh, okay. If you don't got them down by now, well, first of all, a very small percentage of you are even trying to. The reason why I gave these scriptures is because when you communicate with people, the word of God is a double-edged sword. And... It pierces to the division of soul and marrow. There's, the Lord said, my words are spirit and life. And so then when, we're, when we speak to people, it's really not you, but it's the spirit of God speaking through you when the word of God is in you. Now, one thing is to speak the word of God to those who are lost. Eventually, what I want you to do is speak the word of God over yourself so that the word takes effect and you realize who you are in the Messiah. Like, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. You could even memorize all these scriptures by the strength God will give you. He will help you. Well, I was going to spend this time equipping you and talking about what is the role of a someone that is not born Jewish, a Gentile, or one of the nations in a Messianic congregations, since most, in most Messianic congregations today are not Jewish. Now, you know that in the beginning, all of the disciples were Jewish. And it was a rare thing when somebody came from the Gentiles into the kingdom of God. You you recognize that, right? But the Lord has impressed on me that I need to continue what I spoke about last week. And so those of you that remember what happened last week is I think a large number of the congregation rose up and said, here I am, send me. So I'm going to cover this subject of the biblical role of Gentiles in A session, what time is it going to start? 
What, 2 p.m.? 2.30? 2.30, we're going to have a time of equipping. But now, before I equip you, the equipping, I believe, still needs to be in the, in, not in the details of communication of evangelism, but first, a continual changing of our hearts. And here's one of the reasons why. Now, I'm no different. I want you to know I am no different than you are. I am going to be speaking and then I'm going to be giving a session and then we're going to go out and do what the Word of God says and be a light and practice what I'm preaching. Doing it. In other words, with all that we're going to learn, I am um, going a little corporate and I'm, I'm borrowing from the Nike Corporation and saying, just do it. And including myself. Now, do I want to? No, I would like to rest. I would rather go to a restaurant. I would rather chill out. I'd rather watch a movie. But we're not called to do our will, are we? And those who are in Messiah Yeshua, it says, have crucified... Messianic congregations, we don't like things that pertain to the cross. I don't know how to say we execution stake ourselves. That doesn't, that doesn't work in English. But we die to ourselves. And we don't do what we necessarily want to do. The apostle said, I see inside of me something to, that, that makes me want to do what I don't want, and it's called sin. So there are a number of you, and I am not saying this to condemn anyone, but to make a point. There was a number that, and I didn't really want to go out on Thursday either, because I had stuff I had to do, but I had to be committed to my vow before God. And when I told Rabbi Schiller that I'm, I'm available, this is why I'm here. But everybody that signed up for Thursday said they couldn't come. Now, maybe you made plans beforehand and it was just understandable. But no one called. And here's what I want to say. We must, I believe, become far more, what is the word? Serious, committed, before we are talking about the creator of the universe. We are talking about, he says, do not fear man in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? But rather, the Lord, Yeshua, said, fear him. 
Fear him who, who after all, he can throw a body, I'm not quoting it exactly, into hell. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And before anyone hearing this message accuses me of being harsh, I'm only here speaking the word of God. Nothing by God's grace of what follows is my opinion. So, Lord, I pray that those who are your people have ears to hear. I believe that you sent me here to stir up your people to love and good works and to make some major changes so that we become genuinely and functionally a light in this city to the Jewish people first and to everyone else. In Yeshua's name. In Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord speaks. Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me. And their fear of me is a commandment of men learned by rote. A major tragedy in the body is that we do all things right. We do everything according to order. In many congregations, they don't miss a beat. But you know what? So what? God looks at the heart, not the outward appearance. And he's looking for us. He's looking for us to be doers of the word, not hearers only, not people that get excited about a message and respond, but people who get excited about him and respond to him. And that's all that he's looking for. I will say this, and I believe this. He wants all of you or none of you. He's a jealous God. He's not wanting to share you as his child with anyone else. It says when you make a vow to God, and that's why I didn't make it easy last week, and I, and everybody, mostly everyone came up, everybody, every student at Christ for the Nations came forward, they stood up and they said, Hineni, here I am, send me. But in our culture, and our culture in the body, we are not careful about our words. And we say things that we don't mean. 
What scripture comes to me now, don't you know that every careless word that you uttered, that we will be accountable for everything that we've ever said? God have mercy. God have mercy. Every vow, every promise, he hears. When you make a vow to God, it says, do not delay paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. And it's twice in the word of God, in the Torah as well. When you make a vow to God in Deuteronomy, it says, you shall not be slack to pay it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you. And it would be sin in you. Earlier. We prayed for the salvation of Israel. But if we're called and appointed to bring forth their salvation, and if we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the salvation of Israel and do little or nothing to bring it to pass, then according to the apostle, this applies to us. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. We're not only to be hoping and waiting for the return of the Lord so that we could go to heaven. We are actually called to be part of hastening the day of his coming. That is what we're called to do. We read books and go go to conferences about the end of the age and the last days. Tremendous interest in this. But what we must do is embrace and live out our assignment during these days. And where do we read that? The Apostle Shimon, Peter said, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of persons ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening, making it happen? How does it happen? He desires none to perish When everyone that he is called is brought into the kingdom, then and only then can the Lord, will he return? Because he has chosen people. He has people in this city and he desires and created you to bring them into the kingdom of God. That's why you're called. You are called before the foundation of the world and appointed to bear fruit not to do nothing or not to do some, to join some thing for a while. And and it says, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. And the apostle said, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I'm not talking about legalism here. I'm not talking about you have to Go out 
two by two with this congregation or else. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God's commandments. And I see that every weekend so far, you read the Torah. And just reading it and not observing it makes no sense. And Yeshua said the entire scroll is summed up in two commandments. Loving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and might. And loving, loving, loving our neighbor as ourselves. Who are our neighbors? They are out there. When Yeshua described why he came, he said the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I'm repeating what I said last week because maybe this is new. I believe we need to be reminded. We need to, we need to obey him. He who does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God rests upon him. Obeying the Son does not mean that you said a prayer 30 years ago. It does not mean that. It says that we are being saved every day. We are walking with him. We are serving him. He is the king. You have received him as Lord, which means your master and you can't serve too. Who is master and Lord of your life? Who is master? Who is the one that has the final say over what you do? You or him? Ask yourself. In Isaiah it says, Woe to those who hide deep from the Lord, their counsel, whose deeds are in the dark and who say, who sees us, who knows us. You turn things upside down. Shall not the potter be required as the clay that the thing made should say of its maker, he did not make me, or the thing formed say of him who formed it, he has no understanding? It says, by a word make a man out to be an offender and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate. Somebody else told me from Christ for the Nations yesterday that they were in a church kind of delivering this kind of message and they were thrown out. Whoa. It says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1, Woe to the rebellious children. Children. These are his children says the Lord, who carry out a plan, but not mine. Who make a league, but not of my spirit, 
that they may add sin to sin. And it says, and this is, this is, this is really the attitude in the body today. Unfortunately and tragically. Say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not to us what is right. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy illusions. Let us hear no more of the Holy One of Israel. This is, this is not to condemn us, but to stir us up to say we need to come out of her. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Come out of her. Come out of this complacent lifestyle, this worldly lifestyle where we put all our ducks in order and we give him the leftovers. Isn't it a true thing in all of us to a degree? And we need, we don't want to have to hear this when he comes. We want to hear one thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yes, by grace, we are saved. It's not by works. There's nothing that we can do to earn his salvation. I see inside of myself, I don't really want to do all the things that I know I'm called to do. But I know when I do them, I'm always glad. Always joyful. Always full of life. Because his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know, Yeshua told his disciples, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, You have no part of me. And what happened? Many of his disciples left. They took off. He didn't run after them. But he turned to his closest disciples, the apostles. He said, are you going to go away also? They couldn't because they knew who he was. He said, you're the only one who has the words of eternal life. Many are called. Few, it says. Few. Few. What does that mean? Few are chosen. He said, in that day, many are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we? Do this, but he said, "You're." He's going to say, "Depart from me." Isn't it really make sense to be so fearful 
of that ever happening, that we do whatever we can and we cry out to God, make, Lord, lead me in the righteous, narrow path. Do not allow me, do not allow me to go astray. Do not allow me to uh, sow to my flesh. Don't allow me to love the world. Bring me, reveal it to me. Show me, show me what, shed your light in me. Bring people around me who will be honest with me and pray for me. He said, the way to life is hard and narrow. The gate is wide and the way is easy to destruction. And those who find it are many. That is not our lot. And that's why we need to run to him and run away from all of the stuff that's not in him, in the larger body. We've all, I believe we've all been thrust into a lukewarm, end-time Babylon body. It's not the real body. We need to come out of her. The remnant of Israel needs to come out and to engage in the things of God. You know, worshiping God according to the, according to the word of God is our bodies are a living sacrifice. That's what's really on the altar. That is the true new covenant worship is the consuming fire over us. And we offer ourselves to God. That is the real gospel. It says, come out from among her. There's going to be a huge separating at the return of the Lord. The word of God says fallen, fallen is Babylon. Babylon is false religion, false doctrine. And where, where is it the most deceiving? Right in the body. Doesn't Yeshua, he gave a parable about it. I wrote it down. It says, it says, let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to be clothed with fine linen. You're not going to get into the marriage feast without fine linen. Bright and pure. And the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Another parable he put before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, Then the weeds appeared also, and the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? 
But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. I'm not saying that now is the time to gather, but now is the time for us to take the words of the Messiah seriously and to heart. Because it is his word that will judge us at the last day. See, we don't come into judgment, but there is going to be a great judgment. And we don't know who or what we don't know who is a we, whose weeds, whose wheat. All we know is what the Word of God says. And He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. Right? He said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me because I am lowly in heart. I am gentle in spirit and you will find, you see, if we follow him, we find rest for our souls because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. There was a Jewish man, I don't know where he's at with the Lord now, But he wrote a song. You know who he is. You got to serve somebody. You know who I'm talking about. Bob Dylan. I don't know if he's walking with the Lord now, but he did have an experience. And he's right. You got to serve somebody. Either you have a yoke that is heavy and it is going to drive you to stress tests and and to surgery and to and to clogged arteries, and to heart attacks, and to strokes, or his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. That sounds wonderful to me. But there is a yoke. It's the yoke of the kingdom. Last week, I went out to the open mall around here. I don't know what it's called. But... It was like taking candy from a baby. Two people like this came into the kingdom of God. They were ready to be born of the Spirit, but there was no one to tell them until I showed up. That's the way it is everywhere. Now, is everybody everybody commanded to go out two by two? I would say everyone is commanded to be sent, but your gift and your talent could be used in many ways. In other words, we're all called. We're all called. But few are chosen. I want to know here, and I think Rabbi David wants to know, who are chosen and who are you are frozen. 
Really, there, there are some people that are never going to do anything. And God bless you. I hope that you change. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not even here to change you. I'm just here to speak God's word. But I believe that this word needed to be spoken here before you get equipped, before you learn that if you're a Gentile, you have more of a power, more of an authority to reach Jewish people than anyone that's born Jewish. Did you know that? Yes. But you have to be biblical. Because the Lord said, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. And I want to talk about that at two o'clock. What does that look like? How does it work? How do you do it? Because I hear that there are 50 to 60,000 Jewish people in Dallas. Is that true? Is it? Why not get a thousand of them to come here? It's a very small percentage. I'm reminding you of the words spoken by the one that you and I call Lord. They're his words, not mine. Sometimes I I hear people have a problem with what I say. But you know what? If you do, your problem is not with me. It's with him. I'm quoting him. Is everyone called to the work of evangelism or is it only those with the gift of evangelism? Why did Yeshua say this? He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. I took a look at this term in the Greek and the Hebrew. The the term scattering, if you're not gathering with him, if you're not gathering his sheep, he's the shepherd of Israel. He is gathering his lost sheep. The lost sheep of Israel first, who are more lost than ever. More lost than ever. And the ones who are most lost are our beloved rabbis. Okay? And the ones who wrote the book that they read, they are the most lost. They are the ones that came against their own Messiah. There's no way we want to do what they do. Kind of them, the Jewish people, are more lost maybe than any other people group, and they're more misreached than any other people group. So we have our work cut out for us, but it's not rocket science. We need to reintroduce the greatest rabbi that ever lived to his own people. And you know what? When a Jewish person finds out who he really is, they run to him. 
They just have no idea. Jewish people know less, less than nothing about Yeshua. Everything that they know about him is wrong. We are called to destroy the strongholds and every proud argument that rises up against it. We are called to bring these things down and to break the strongholds. Amen. (laughs) Thank you for the help, Lord. (laughs) He who does not gather with me scatters. The term is used as the same as the scattering of humanity at the Tower of Babel. It's the same word used for the dispersion and the exile of the Jewish people in the diaspora. And it's in opposition to the Lord's gathering of his sheep as the good shepherd. He laid his life down for the sheep who he, those who do not gather with him in this sense are, are opponents of the cross. They're going against He said, if you're not for me, if you're not doing what I'm doing and I'm in you, then you're against me and you're scattering. That's if anyone, not, you know, people say, oh, we're not all called to evangelism. Oh, yes, we are. We are called to love our neighbors ourselves. How can we love anybody and allow them to go to hell? How can we say, how can we be dancing around because and rejoicing in our salvation and say with our lives, let them all go to hell? Can we? Not with a clear conscience. Not, not expecting to be with him forever. We are, we are so called to be sources of life. And light. He said, I'm the light of the world. He said, you are the light of the world. Everything that Yeshua is, is reflected from Israel. Israel is a light to the nations. He's a light to the nations. But so are we. And you know, the only reason why a Messianic congregation is reaching the Jewish people is because of the rest of the body They don't even have a clue they're supposed to. But they're even more called than we are because salvation has come to the nations to make Israel jealous. Amen again. (laughs) Amen, I know that. The apostle said, brethren, Join in imitating me and mock those who so live as you have an example in us. For many of whom I have told you and now tell you even with tears live as enemies of the cross of Messiah. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly and they glory in their shame. Their minds are set on things down here, earthly things, but our commonwealth, we are not of this earth. 
We are visiting here. We are not from here as he's not from here. Our commonwealth is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. You know, this whole, this whole concept of scattering and gathering is in the same context of denying God and actually the unpardonable sin of blaspheming the Spirit. I mean, it's in that same passage. It is scary. We need to run from this complacency that is part of this world system that has infiltrated the body. I think I might have mentioned it. My friend Mike Brown wrote about it. He calls it the American Gospel Enterprise. It has nothing to do with Yeshua. So what we're trying to do is to change our congregation here so that you live up to your name and become a tree of life. A tree of life. Not a tree of religion, not a tree of services. And you can have great, you know what, the more that you're doing God's will, the more joy will be here. Because there's nothing more joyful than having children. We need some children here. We need some newborn here. Right. Was it thrilling to have your baby? How old is it? Yeah. Two. Imagine if we had a whole bunch of two-month-olds here. We need to turn this place into a nursery. And they're out there, I'm telling you, they're out there waiting. They, I'm telling you, they're waiting to meet you. Rearrange your lives. Rearrange. And you know what? If you give up some of your working hours to accumulate whatever it is you're accumulating, which you probably don't need, God says, if you seek first my kingdom and righteousness, all these things will be yours. Why not take him up on that? First, he has to come first. He comes before our wives, our children, our lives. That is the real message of Messiah. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He died And he rose from the dead. As he is, so are we. We also must die to ourselves and allow him to raise us from the dead. And we begin our eternal life, not when he comes, but now. We begin to live with him. He is in in us. We're in him. So I want you to really, it takes, it is a sacrifice to make a commitment like you did last week. We broke up into days. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to God, not to me, not to this synagogue, not to David. It's before him. And you know what? If you need to change, if you can't make it, communicate because we are, and and God is raising up an army here, but I'll tell you, he's raising up a Gideon's army. 
He doesn't want anyone. Those who were in Gideon's army, they didn't put their face in the water and start drinking it without their eyes. They couldn't even see if there was an enemy or nothing. They were useless. They were no good. And God sent them home. Only the ones that took the water with their hands and were able to... to, Because not only is this, somebody pointed out yesterday, not only has God called us for this to be a fishing boat, but also a battleship. Because we're at war. And it's real. And it's not just a symbol. He is a man of war. And when he returns, he returns with the flames of fire in his eyes. And he is the commander of the Lord's armies. Not the Lord's audience. Okay. Where do we go from here? I'm almost reluctant to ask you to stand up and say he nanny again. You know, I don't want this to be an emotional time. I want you to go deep within your heart and say before God, yes, I'm in. And you know what? Instead of any one man seeing it, let him see it. Let him see it. Let's suspend time in his presence right now. Nobody needs to come up, but I, I, I just want you to recognize that he's here right now. And I'm going to sound the shofar. And I'm going to trust that he is going to awake the deepest part of you to rise up and to really grab a hold of him and tell him, Lord, I am with you until the end. No matter what. It's called covenant. Everything that he has, he's given. And now what he wants is all of you. As you hear the shofar, I want you to just say to God, What's on your heart? You could stand up if you want. You could sit down. You could shout. You could say it within. But he wants to break this complacency. The apathy that is so prevalent.
Lord, have your way. Have your way in this place. Cause this community to become a real tree of life. In fact, let it become an example for all the other congregations here in Dallas and across the country. Lord God, your word says, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Do a work in every one of your sons and daughters in this place, that they would put their hand to the plow in this great end-time harvest and begin to labor in the whiteness of this harvest. And not only pray that laborers are sent into your harvest, but to be those very laborers, to be the answer to that prayer, to not only pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but to bring the peace to Jerusalem. Not only to pray for the salvation of Israel, but to participate intimately in the salvation of Israel. Raise up a real, genuine people who run after you, who like David are men and women after your own heart. Not tall in appearance like Saul, but rather humble, broken, but willing and lovers of the living God. Father, cause us to fall in love with you all over again or fall in love with you for the first time if we never had, but to love you, to love you not with part of our hearts, but with all of our hearts all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our might. May it be that we give our strength and our first fruits of everything to you and do not keep for for ourselves. Lord God, I pray that you work in every heart here Salvation begins right here. Before we can take it to the world, it must begin here. I ask that everyone chooses to become a disciple and to truly follow you. And you will make them fishers of men and makers of disciples. Lord God, we pray that we would even be worthy Worthy to be part of those who you call in these last days to complete the Great Commission. To complete it. 
May there be a birth of life in this place. Not an experience or an encouragement now, but something that lasts. Lord God, we are asking for lasting fruit in our lives now and then here in this city. Bring us to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Bring the Jewish people that do not yet know you, bring them to us and bring us to them. And to be like the apostle who was willing to lose his salvation for the salvation of Israel, who said, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me. He knew the importance. He knew this was your heart. He knew this is why you came and this is why you suffered and died. We will be celebrating Passover, but at the same time, do we know, do we feel, do we, are we in touch with the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world and what he went through to do that and what he's called us to? Because he said, if you do not suffer with me, you will not reign with me. God, help us to get real. Help us to become your disciples truly following you. Mighty King, mighty King, cause us to rearrange our lives, our schedules, so that your purposes come before our own. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. Insight. In all things, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Holy God, mighty God, Lord God, we pray that everything in this congregation changes so there's life in everything, and that the praises of the God of Israel sound forth in this place, from this place, and out of this place. Hashem Yeshua HaMashiach, in the name of the Messiah, the Anointed One, who is and was and is to come. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In Him all things, every atom in our bodies and everywhere, hold together. He is extremely, extremely great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Amen.